0: In the first reading today, we hear about this just man. And he really gets on the nerves of the wicked. The wicked say, let's beset him. He's obnoxious to us, this just man. He keeps telling us everything we're doing is wrong, so we don't like him. So we're going to revile and torture him and put him to the test. The question is, who are they talking about? When we look at these prophecies in the Old Testament, specifically this one, they're always fulfilled in two different ways. Because in the Old Testament, the way they could tell someone was a true prophet is they are known by whether or not their prophecy came true. And so it had to have some element of truth that they could find at the time. And so the most obvious answer to this is all of the prophets ever. Nobody really cared much when the prophets came and talked because usually they were telling them, you need to repent of your ways. The prophets were trying to pull them out of sin and lead them back to God. And that's never a fun message to hear because we like doing things our way and we don't like it when someone tells us we're wrong. But the prophets would come and they'd say, turn back to God. And so many of the people would say, this fellow is pretty obnoxious. Let's do something to him to stop him from talking. And so that happens over and over and over again in the Old Testament when you look at the stories of the prophets. But its ultimate fulfillment for this passage is with Jesus Christ himself because we remember how well he was received, right? There were many who followed him, but the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Romans, they they weren't big fans of Jesus because they found him obnoxious. He kept telling them, You're doing things wrong. And ultimately, they reviled him and they tortured him and they put him to a shameful death on a cross. I mean, it might not seem like that now, but St. Paul even tells us that someone who is hung on a tree is cursed. Like this is St. Paul telling us this was a shameful death for anybody and yet Christ endured it for us. And ultimately, God took care of His Son. He rose Him three days later. And we are all called to fulfill this prophecy too, by the way. Because we're disciples of Jesus Christ. And when you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, that means you follow Him on that same road. Because when we follow Him on that road, it's the road to heaven. There's really no other road you can travel. And so when we live the truth, when we live the truth, it might not be fun for us because sometimes we'll have to be the prophet to ourselves. You know, we'll have to study church teaching and things like that which reveal the truth to us and we'll find ourselves obnoxious because it's like, dang it, I have to change that about me if I want to follow Jesus Christ. But then sometimes the people around us will have that reaction too. It's what I mentioned last week in my homily. The people around us, they might not like it when we start to live our Catholic faith well. And they'll cause us trouble. But remember, God will take care of us. We have nothing to fear. It's what Jesus is talking about in this first half of the gospel. He goes and he does all these good works. He teaches people that salvation is coming. We are here that God has come for you to save you. The Messiah is here. But the apostles didn't quite understand yet that the Messiah is the suffering servant. He is the just one. He will suffer along with bringing them salvation. And so when he tells them the Son of Man is to be handed over and they will kill him, And after three days he will rise. That's why they were questioning him. Because up until this point, they hadn't seen anything like that. And they didn't know what was going on. And then in the midst of all that, there's more fun and excitement in the gospel. Because they are on the way to Capernaum. And when they get there, Jesus asks them, what were you talking about? And as it turns out, they were arguing over who is the best. Who is the best of possible? Possible. What in the world? The best apostle. Who is the greatest? Who is the most favored? Because the other things that have been happening, we see Peter, James, and John sometimes called aside for something special with Jesus Christ. And so the other nine are probably just left standing. They're thinking, Well, what about us, Jesus? Don't you care about all of us the same? And when you start recognizing that humanity of the apostles, that helps us understand what's going on here. And I am almost certain that in this letter from St. James, he's got to be thinking about this incident when he writes it. Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there's disorder and every foul practice. And then St. James tells us that the way out is through wisdom from above, which is pure and peaceable and gentle and compliant and full of mercy and good fruits and it's constant and it's sincere. And that's the way that we ought to live. Not to let this war amongst the passions inside of us burst out and cause trouble. Bishop Gerber used to talk to the priest. Now, obviously, I'm a new priest, so he never talked to me about these things. But... um, You talk to the other priests and they'll tell you about it. He had these things that he called the three cancers of the priesthood. It was complaining, comparing, and competing. And if you think about it, these three things are bad for any Christian. And it's exactly what we're being warned against today because it's what gets in there and messes up the relationship with ourselves, with our fellow Christians, with everyone around us. We start complaining about our situation because it makes us feel a little better to say something about it Oftentimes, But then people get grumpy around us, right? We start comparing ourselves to these people who seem to be favored either by someone in the church or someone in power in our country. We compare them to ourselves and start thinking, well, what do they have that I don't have? How are they better than me? And it can lead to this nasty, slippery slope in our minds. Or we can start competing with them because they're in that spot, but that's my spot and I'm going to get it. All of these three things, they cause trouble in our hearts. And unfortunately, they're things that we learn at a young age. But that's also how we find that we can get past them. It's something that we learned. These three things. Because the little children that Jesus shows us in the gospel today, they don't really know these things, right? Like when the baby is first making these noises that seems like complaining, it's like, no, I need food or I need a change or I need some attention. They only later learn how to complain. You know, only when we grow up do we learn how to compare. Only when we grow up do we learn how to compete. But we can unlearn these things too. That's the whole point of the Christian life is to unlearn our vices and to replace them with virtues. And so how do we do that? We go back to what St. James teaches us. We go back to the example of Christ in the gospel where he takes the child and says, whoever receives a child such as this receives me. And these reminders to remain childlike in our heart. Because how does a child act? They look up to their parents and to the people around them, with this attitude of openness and with this attitude of trust, knowing I don't have the answers, knowing I'm here to learn, not understanding everything. And when we approach life with that, and then remember that Jesus Christ has got our backs, then there's nothing we can't overcome. There's nothing we can't do in this life for the greater glory of God. So let us strive to be like those children in the gospel who put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ. Let us strive to be like St. James calls us to be in in his letter today, pure and peaceable and gentle and compliant and merciful, full of good fruits, constant and sincere. Let us strive to root all of those other things out of our life, and to focus our eyes primarily on Jesus Christ and allow him to be the one who transforms us and to not worry so much about what all the people around us are saying.